Welcome to Politics and Beyond on Capital 263. My name is Christopher Farai Charamba. And I am Tawanda Henry Beatty. And yeah, welcome to the best political podcast in the country. Still the only political podcast, but as we always say, that doesn't matter. It makes yeah. us the best. Yeah, by far, even. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about today? Today, uh, the year is about to end, so we thought we'd do a roundup of the best and worst or maybe just the um, memorable moments yeah. in Zim's political year. So it's a top 10 roundup of the memorable... Top 10, top 10, top 10. <laughs> <laughs> top 10 roundup of the memorable political moments of the year. Uh, there was quite a few to pick from. I think we in the on the list we ended up with about 20. Some we've sort of mashed them together. Uh, some we've excluded but will include in what's uh, looking forward to 2017 yeah. because they're sort of hangover from from last year so if you don't mention your name don't get too sad about it <laughs> <laughs> no names mentioned of course <laughs> i feel like that was directed at somebody what's number 10 <laughs> yeah so let's jump right into it because it's going to be quite long number 10 um we're gonna start off with uh president mugabe's many trips outside the country uh the running joke was that the he spends more time. He comes to Zimbabwe to visit. So yeah. He's a visiting president. It's not a joke if it's true. <laughs> hey, he makes some very important decisions for this country. Well, he's. You know, the thing is, I travel uh, quite a bit and I get jet lagged, right? And I, I, I find, like, I suffer from jet lag. I wonder how he manages to deal with it. I actually need to find out what his secret is. He's experienced. That's oh. what it is. Experience. I think that's why he's always falling asleep at these meetings because he's constantly jet lagged. You can't say that about the But he's always dossy. No, he's <laughs> thinking. He <laughs> just likes to think with his eyes closed. Don't you do it sometimes? Nah. Yes, look. When I'm sleeping. Right no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway um, yeah, so the president this year made quite a number of trips, and some of them were a bit controversial. Uh, he went to Singapore. Um, I suppose people will say, of course. Russia, actually, he's gone on his annual holiday, so I think it's fitting. We he started. lives in Singapore. I think it's fitting we started with number 10 because he's left the country on his annual holiday. So he went to Singapore, Russia, Equatorial Guinea, Zambia, South Africa, Lesotho, Uganda, Ethiopia, New York, Japan. I'm sure I left out a couple of other countries. Mars, probably. But, you know, <laughs> then there was the controversial trip to India where he was supposed to attend a festival that then did not happen because... Did the of... festival actually exist? Was it... <laughs> Was that a real thing? It was a real thing, but it didn't happen because of some security risks. So, yeah, but not even the Indian prime minister was going to Yeah, the Indian prime minister was going Yeah, and I'm sure, what was, was it Guinea where he went? Papua New Guinea, yes. And he was the only head of state there? Because he was... So other presidents were sending deputy ministers. He was the head of the AU at the time. He had to go. He didn't... He went because he thought he it was not no, have to go. He didn't have to go, but because it was an Africa, um, Caribbean, Pacific meeting. Yeah. He, you know, he felt that it would be important if he went as the head of the AU as well. So imagine all African countries did not have to go anymore because he had already sent his representatives. Yeah, fair enough. Right. Anyway, how much did it cost us, the taxpayers, this year? So in in <laughs> June Newsday, he reported that it was eighty million. In June. Uh, in June. So I don't know what the total figure is yet. Um, 
uh, yeah. for, for, for the year ending. But I know that in 2015 up to September, they said that it was $33,270,491. Travel, so travel expenses. That was yeah. travel expenses. So it, it, it does so, take up a huge yeah. chunk of the president's office budget. And I think of the, the country's budget, national budget. Like no. you... <laughs> And that's, while we're joking terrible. about it, it's actually quite serious. No, that, it is. Um, it's, you know. it, it, it was announced in the budget. I'm forgetting and we'll have to look up. Uh, I suppose we'll tweet it and Facebook it. How much was actually spent on the national budget? Compared um, to how much for, was budgeted for? 2017, no. And what, what hit the national budget for the president's office is for 2017. Yeah. Um, um, try to look that up and then we might just get back on to that um, apparently um, flight tracking um, um what is it is um Air zim 1 is it yeah um um 1 yeah which is the president's uh, uh, plane has become quite a popular pastime for some people online it did it started around that time in february when he was alleged to be going to india and then i don't know who it was on on twitter or some some very Smart individual was playing around with flight tracker and they tracked his flight. And instead of being in India, it was in Singapore. Yeah. So that became a thing. So now every time he goes goes anywhere, you will know, you will know where he is going. Yeah. So that's actually become a thing now. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Um, anyway, moving on to our next point. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. You want to do the radio voice thing. Number nine, we have um, Tomana, who was the prosecutor general, suspended yeah. right now. He's suspended right now, is he? And yeah. he's facing uh, charges, quite serious charges, isn't yes. he? Criminal abuse of office. Yeah, which is, um, if you ask some of us, a long time coming. Um, if you consider, you know, part of this point as well, Kireke, um, being yes. convicted eventually. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, so also in number nine is the Kereke case. He was finally convicted. Um, was it 10 or 14 years? I think it's 10 years. 10 years for rape. Henry, you might actually be able to explain. So um, why Kereke um, was uh, an official at the RBZ as well as a member of parliament um, for ZANU-PF. So why this issue is so, I mean, for me, particularly important is that Tumana refused to prosecute um, this case. Um, so eventually the family of um, the young girl who was uh, abused um, by Kireke eventually had to go out and find a, a private prosecutor and go through this whole long um, legal process until it finally came to the point that he was convicted. Um, so, you know, it, it sort of shows a lot of the you know, the abuse of office that Tomana has been accused of at the moment. Um, but it's not, this is not the only case that he's refused to prosecute. And subsequently, um, it's turned out that, <laughs> that there was a case to answer. And most of the times, these were politically motivated because I genuinely believe that he was not the right person for the job. And in this instance, as, well, as to why he's now finally facing these criminal abuse charges. <laughs> yeah, he... W- Again, he refused to prosecute um, four individuals who were accused of plotting to bomb um, Alpha Omega Dairies, which is the Kushungo Dairies, Kushungo Dairies which is the president's um, farm. The president's uh, dairy, dairy farm, farm in Mazoe. So, yeah, these 
four individuals were brought to him. He refused to prosecute because he felt that, you know, there was no case, I suppose. But they then said that this was, I think it even went close to, at some point, somebody called it an assassination attempt. With four Molotov cocktails on a farm. Of, in a backpack, yeah. In a because, backpack of because the, the, the four, thousand hectares. Because <laughs> the four were, were said to have uh, Zimpief, um, Zim People First material in their backpack. So they had the, the manifesto or the document that they have. Yeah. And then two of them are ex-army as well. So it was just one of those really weird, weird situations. situations. Yeah, and Tomana was... But of course, if I wanted to go and assassinate the president, I would go with Zim PF material in my backpack so that if I'm caught, they can link me immediately there. Seems a bit ridiculous. And, and, you'd, <laughs> and, you'd, and you'd go to his place of business. With freaking if a Molotov cocktail, guys, is a bottle a of beer, a beer bottle with petrol in it. Yeah, so that was that was quite interesting. Yeah, but now Tomana is facing criminal abuse of office. Um, About damn time, though. And that will definitely go on into 2017, and we'll see what happens there. Um, if with, anything, with that case, well, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure something will happen. He he he's he's under quite a lot of pressure. Yeah, I think though that you know it it was comes down to it being factional, really. He got away with it when his faction was uh, was peaking, was ascending, and now that his faction is not doing so well, I think he's in a bit of trouble. But I mean, obviously, he's going to lose his job, and um, whereas is, I don't think he'll spend any time in jail. Which which faction does he belong to? I don't know, but I I heard <laughs> crocodiles don't cry. <laughs> anyway, moving on to number eight, we have um, a controversial moment yeah. in our time. I'll play something for you now, and uh, maybe then you can, you will recognize. I'm sure everyone will recognize this moment. We are having technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of technical difficulties. This is all new, but we'll get it right. So here's the red line. Mr. President, Robert Gabriel Mugabe. Okay, I'm going to stop it right there. Yeah, we all know what he said. We, after yeah, that. we all know what he said after that. But a uh, controversial moment of um, the year on our list, number eight, is when AC said... F the president. Right, F you to the president. Um, and then, and that was at the launch of 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 Viva. Yeah, I think and, I think AC should just not even the F the president thing. He's just the controversial moment in of himself as his life. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Actually, his his whole year, this whole year has been AC doing the most. Actually, yeah. So there he was... leaked his own sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> he leaked it himself. I'm, I believe he leaked it himself. <laughs> okay. Why? Why also? I mean, the story behind it was these guys came into his house. They stole his phone or his laptop or whatever, and then they leaked it. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, poor, in, poor girl that ended up all over the it, seriously all over no. the internet um, for the leak sick tape. So yeah, so that was, um, and then he did launch his party Viva. We did have uh, Nomaliso yeah. Ube, uh AC's vice chair on the show. So that's one of our and it'll be interesting to see what Viva if Viva can outshine AC in 2017. Hopefully, I don't think so. Hey. I don't know. That's uh, I hope for the sake of Normalisa agency and everyone there that you know their party becomes the focal point and not so much their president. 
Yeah, but the thing is, he keeps making videos and all sorts of funny things. These these days, he's posting pictures with J.K. Rowling and <laughs> yeah. Walter Magaya on his Facebook. So there's, you know, he's I don't know. He he likes to be the star of the show. Yeah, and I don't think that's something they will be able to overcome. But maybe if he could use that star to shine light on the party. But is that the kind of person that AC is? I don't know. I don't know. It's one to look out for in 2017. Definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. What's number seven? Um, number seven is the Norton by-election. The stunning victory there by uh, Honorable Timber Meliswa. Um, stunning for Zanapia because I think it's the first by-election that they've lost to a to lost period, actually. Yes, um, since, uh, since, since 2013. Yeah. Since by-elections. And to be. lose to an independent candidate was quite shocking for most people that weren't paying attention to what was going on on the ground. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, I think he won by over a thousand votes, um, which seems like not a lot, but when you really consider the, the odds of beating, uh, taking away a seat, because remember it was held by Chris Mtsongo, who's going to come up a couple of times today, actually. Um, so yeah, that standing by-election in, 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 in Norton was also significant because um, the MDC-T, um, Sangraya's party, um, lent its support to him. PDP, I don't know about ZMPF, but a lot of opposition parties got behind uh, Mr. Maliswa in, in that, uh, that by-election. And yeah, ZANU-PF didn't know what was hitting them. Yeah, so uh, the whole thing behind there as well, the candidate, the, ZAN, the losing ZANU-PF candidate, Ronald Chindedza was then called a thief by the president and there was a whole factionalism. Yeah, there was a whole <laughs> factional issue around that that, you know, um, he, was he was unduly elected to the position. He was imposed. Uh, he was imposed. By yes, G40. <laughs> who then lost. Yeah. And there was a whole thing that, you know, the Lacoste faction was, was supporting, was supporting Buliswa. Yeah, secretly I, supporting. I mean, the war vets supposed uh, supporting yeah, him. Yeah, the war vets openly supported him. Um, so I suppose... Oh, a, a, a faction of the war vets openly supported him. Because Gune factionalism, Kakuma war vets Gune factionalism. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's another issue there. Um, but yes, and it's great as I, 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 I enjoyed the fact that there was some competition for ZANU-PF. Because I believe that um, all these, in fact, the MDCT is to blame for what's happening in Parliament today. The supermajority that's under yeah, no, definitely because they pulled out of elections. Something we've spoken about that it's something they shouldn't have done. And now, come 2018, the fact that they're going to be contesting, you've gained nothing. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Absolutely They've just messed up nothing. the entire system. Yeah. So now we have bills that are sailing through. Amendments to the constitution sailing through, straight through. <laughs> because there's no opposition in parliament. Yeah. Um, and I think that they're really going to have to, you know, they, we need to hold them to account for that. We really do. We really do. Um, boycott politics doesn't work. And as Mr. Maliso, as Honorable Maliso showed in Norton, you can win if you work. You, that's the thing. I think, I mean, it's, it's not going to be easy for any political individual or party. But you have to have boots on the ground. That's, yeah, that's one You thing. have to put your hats in the game. You can't win if you're sitting in that area saying, oh, we both got this election. So, I don't know. Come 2017, MDC has a lot of 
ground that it has to gain. Yeah. And, and there's a thing is that if there are no reforms before 2018 and they run like what like so what does the what have they gained? What, yeah, what have they gained? So I I don't know. And this is MDCT that because they are as of now the largest opposition party, party in, in the country in parliament. In parliament. Yeah, they have country. But in parliament, <laughs> <laughs> yes. They have a lot to answer for. So we'll definitely see how that goes come 2018. Um, moving on. Ah, no, but on Temba as well, before we move on, I um, 2017 is going to be quite interesting for him, I think. Yeah. I predict he's, he could go back to Zanu. I don't think he'll go back to Zanu. You know what? I always used to say that he wouldn't go back to Zanu as long as uh, Kasukwere is still there. But after they were chummy, chummy, buddy, buddy in Kasukwere's office, I don't know. Um, what's interesting though is we need to realize that after Mr. Meliso Honorable Meliso was kicked out of Zanu he was asking why why was I kicked out so he's never really gotten an answer there so I'm sure he'll go back if yeah, given the opportunity but but if you if you've if you've listened to what um Chombo who is uh, minister Chombo who is secretary for administration in ZANPF um Politburo yeah. also spoke about just before the conference is that they are reviewing cases Yeah. So they're listening to people. I mean there's people like Nema who was brought back, uh Webster Shamu was also brought back. So they're reviewing cases depending on whether you bring yourself forward to your case. Temba yeah. has leverage in that he won a constituency. a constituency. Uh he might not go back before that because if he does then he'd have to vacate the seat because it doesn't after nine months crossing. it does yeah. It, yeah, but I'm saying by the end of 2017 doesn't make a difference doesn't make a difference yeah because so. the seat remains vacant so you can continue campaigning the whole time um but i don't think so i don't know we'll see um we'll see in june 2018 is when we'll find <laughs> out if he's going back or not right number six. number six on our list is um more vets actually yeah no yeah, that's so while the speaking of um, surrounding more vets their support to to Meliso actually came after a long tough year man we've had a tough year this year haven't they it's it's been difficult for them man they got tear gassed on the 18th of february isn't it <laughs> yeah they did so and at that point in time i was quite happy i was like yeah these guys were beating opposition people up at the last elections she 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 were being tear gassed they must like feel the the wrath of their own, their own medicine yeah so they had tried to organize uh, a meeting um for more veterans this was just be, this was in controversies with Mutswango i think he had just in december he had been kicked out of the party or um and then yeah in december he had been kicked out um and then in march he was kicked out of cabinet yeah and was replaced with uh, minister chinga dube uh february they were tear gassed after their meeting failed to happen then they managed to hold the meeting with the president on the 7th of yeah. april Uh, yes the indaba indaba <laughs> which um i don't know i think it's all factionalism is that the war vets argue a faction of the war vets argue that the party is no longer following the revolutionary revolutionary line that they had set out uh they are not happy because a number of them are poor yeah and you know the benefits or the gains of independence that are so often mentioned they haven't received but again it's not all of them um it's 
it seems to me like it's a power struggle as well because war vets have been very important in elections in, in, in the outcome of elections for, for quite some time in this country. So um, right now you have a power struggle because the other faction within the war veterans is being led by Mandichi Mene, who is alleged to be uh, G40. Yes. So, and Mutswangwa side is alleged to, to be. be Team Lacoste. So again, it all comes back to the issue of factionalism. Yeah. But I don't know, man. And then there was that communique where... Who wrote that communique? Nobody knows who wrote that communique. <laughs> yeah, but at the time, at the time, so the communique basically, uh, long and short, said that the president should step down. Yeah. Um, and at the time, it was pinned on Mutswangwa, who was not in the country when the meeting was held on the 22nd of July. Yeah, but he could just have Skyped in. <laughs> That's true. But then there was another school of thought that it was somebody in G40 who wrote it and was trying to influence because also uh, was trying to influence outcomes because at that meeting that was held at Railton Sports Club on the 22nd of July, yeah, those that were there said that the communique was not read out there. Yeah. But it is said that this document was produced at this meeting. So what is going on? This is like... <laughs> it was very controversial at It was very dodgy. This it is very like... dodgy. <laughs> and in December, we still haven't had an answer, clearly. Yeah, but you know, now it's sort of died down because if it really was Mutswangwa, you'd have thought that by now there'd be some kind of yeah. follow-up. But he still remains head of the War Veterans Association. Are they two executives, though? No, there isn't. There's one, and why I, um, a meeting that I had with um, Brigadier General Tafumane, who is yeah. the permsec of the War Overs, Veterans yeah. Ministry, he said that there needs to be some sort of congress or uh, conference or meeting that has to appoint a new executive, if there is to be one. Right now, Mtswangwa remains head of the executive. And why ZANU-PF can't... Um, kick him out is because they are an affiliate association. So yes. they are a body by themselves that is affiliated. And quite a powerful one as well. So if they choose, they choose who their leaders are. So why I think people like Mandichi Mene will struggle is because they have to go to a, some Congress, form of Congress. Executive. Some sort emergency, of yeah, whatever, emergency meeting uh, yeah. to, nominate who, to nominate and vote in the person who is going to replace. And she just doesn't have the people to do. I don't think they have the numbers. So yeah, that's that on... Uh, War veterans, we hope to see what happens come um, 2017. Yeah. They also have issues with the youth. It's also become an issue of war veterans, my numbers are uh, dwindling. Are dwindling. Except, you know, when you see Jabulani Sabandi claiming to be a war veteran when he's 38. <laughs> Look, there's, 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 there's all kinds of Jibam war veterans. I, as well, oh, so you know, you'll so. see they'll, they'll, they'll keep expanding somehow. So, so war veteran numbers are dwindling. And then on the other hand, you have the rise of the youth. Yeah. So it's one of those things. War veterans were essentially kingmakers. Now, from what we've garnered, or from what I've garnered, is that the party seems to be hedging its bets on the youth to win them the, the 2018 election, election which, which then has made war veterans somewhat disposable, unfortunately. Which lead us, leads us directly into our next topic, factionalism. Yes, my factions. Factions, my factions. everywhere. 
<laughs> I'm sure even in your church group there's a faction. Yeah. Even in group re boram dad. Five percent they can't even agree. Who's going to play keeper? <laughs> but the thing is factionalism has such has had such an effect on on our political landscape whether it's in the opposition or or um within the ruling party. Um you know ruling party right now main factions G40 Lacoste allegedly. Yeah. Um they keep saying factions don't exist but then give speeches about how we should be denouncing factionalism. So you know it's a bit of a mixed message when it comes to them. Um beginning of the year I would have said the G40 with had the upper hand especially if you look at like what we've just been talking about with what happened with the vote vo- vo- with um um Chris Msonga being expelled you know with a bunch of exp- expulsions up until the mid this year you definitely would have thought the G40 faction um was powerful I think when Amai um Dr Amai Grace Ngabi stopped going around the country on her tours G40 lost a whole lot of momentum Uh yeah and part of the reason why I believe that was is because it had become quite serious. Um she that was around the time where this bomb situation oh these four these four guys who were accused yeah. of trying to bomb Gushungo Dairy and because two of them were in the army at one of the rallies she did somewhat say that people in the army were trying to kill, kill her, her son and her son and, and, her son and that sort of thing. and i think it got to a point where you tensions were really rising yeah even within the army itself because now you sort of put the army on the spotlight and said that somebody was trying to assassinate her so speculatively so, spe- i think there was some sort of push that kind of re- some sort of um reason and logic had to come to the table and say okay wait what are we actually achieving by speaking in this manner and since since about february or march yeah, no, a rallies a rallies she's stopped. not even a rallies just her she's been quiet yeah that's true she, she hasn't given actually, a, a pronunciation on anything besides the orphanage and uh, you know so i don't know what happened there but it was it was tensions were quite high yeah. if in in hindsight i think that tensions were actually getting quite high but yeah that she was she is alleged to be in the G40 faction my question is she alleged. in the G40 or they just put her as a head so because they thought it was easier for them to get rid of her later i don't know but the thing is no, remember you, look the thing <laughs> is no one's actually come out and say could indeed G40 indeed ah people have come out openly <laughs> <laughs> said um, shadrick what's his name no man i'm talking about <laughs> listen <laughs> You, of, course, of course you have um who are the top the top guys that are mentioned in G40 in G40 um, um professor moyo savior honor kasukwere honorable joao yeah and dr amai yeah the four of them honey. four of them obviously they're of, not going to say the four, that's what i'm saying and if we look at the way things have been um since about april mm. um joao's been quiet joao joao had that big massive fight with Chinamasa and his his uncle reprimanded him yes publicly <laughs> spanked the little boy <laughs> he's, he's never going to come on this show it's okay he can he can go and do his rasta thing somewhere else <laughs> anyway yes so joao was um reprimanded 
by the president for indigenization. That's when the president gave a, a public pronouncement and said, you know, yeah. Joao was trying to indigenize yeah. things. So um, there was this whole thing. Banks were actually yeah. under under pressure. Um, but the president came out and said, ah, none of that, that. none of that nonsense. Um, so yeah, that's Joao. So he's been quiet. Um, Minister Kasukure has been trying. But he tried to fire the mayor of Harare. That didn't work out. Yeah, but I'm I'm looking at it from a pa- uh, from a factional perspective. Um, See now, how how is how is yeah how is how how have if if he is alleged to be in this faction? Okay, so since he is alleged to be in this faction, what has he done in terms of factionalism? As, as I don't know, so, uh, honourable sir, Kasukure is, is a tough one. But if you say that as political commissar, uh, his role is to I mean. To run elections, that Norton by election loss falls the responsibility Which, falls directly at his feet. And the appointment of Ronald Chindedza falls also, falls also a point on his feet because it is said that he part of his faction and him being the head of it, um, this alleged faction mm. pushed for this candidate to go forward. So there is that. Um, as we good said, Mam inquired, the good professor is <laughs> is he really He's he's, he's, <laughs> he's frustrating. No, he's never quiet. He's yeah, he's been making noise yeah. the whole year. But and this is why people believe he's the the brains and the strings. Yeah, you know, him. funny. I found myself agreeing with him this week. That that <laughs> over that Chief Justice Amendment uh, constitutional amendment. Oh yes, 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 yes. Shows us factional politics there because. <laughs> The person pushing the Chief Justice Amendment is the Minister of, of Justice, who is also the Vice President of this country, who is also alleged to be the head of this crocodile faction, Lacoste. Lacoste. Mm. Um, and you have someone from the G40 arguing against his amendment, and a fellow cabinet minister as well. Yeah, so, I mean, there, there, there is that. There was also, on the other side, so now we're looking at Lacoste and the factionalism, is the, the push in the media, um, state media specifically, to get um, Prof Moyo booted out, oh, basically. Based on the corruption. Based on corruption and... Um, <laughs> which will get, we'll get into the issue of, of, of corruption. But, yeah. but we, uh, the, the state media did come after him quite hard. It was uncanny. It's never... Like, quite I mean, until... Since he was at, in charge of the Herald, it hasn't come after a sitting minister that hard, actually. <laughs> Again, on the issue of factionalism was how state media went after um, Minister Ondenge mm. and Wicknell. And, oh, yeah. and, and, and because Minister Ondenge is alleged to be in G40. So it's, it's, you know, it's alleged that state media is under the control right now of... Um, Who? Of, of of the Lacoste <laughs> faction, it's alleged. Yeah, but I mean, That's what they say, the yeah? Lacoste faction is controlling the state media. <laughs> well, I mean, if you look at who the minister, the current minister of um, information is uh, Honorable Chris Mushoy. So I believe he is alleged to alleged to be uh, in the Lacoste faction. This it's all it's all allegations. Yeah, no, that all allegations been, that have been going around, and it's. But if I disappeared, was Lacoste? You what? If I disappeared, was Lacoste? <laughs> Why? Uh, Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, um, yeah, so factionalism will continue to play itself out. And the one thing that we really must understand is that um, His Excellency Sekou Wasimbanashe is completely aware of all of this. 
and it plays into his agenda of maintaining power perfectly you know this is what uh, yeah this is what people say is that you know he's the puppet master yeah. and he knows exactly what's going on and you end up playing one side against the other my hope and my wish going into 2017 for zanpf and for this country as a um what should i call myself a ruling party sympathizer you know i what is in the party cards i'm going to get one in 2017 because oh you want to get my inputs at this youth no but um 2017 i hope that the factions can see that it is in their interest to work together more so than it is to work against each other for the party and for their individual personal interests so say for example you know this whole thing is that one uh, uh vice president mnangagwa wants to be president on the other side i don't even know who their candidate is is it i think they want is anyone it, is it kasukwere g40 who do they want i don't know you see but the thing is in working to ah but it was also alleged to be dr mai yeah who but said she is already the president, president. Yeah. Um and yeah so but <laughs> I, controversial, eh? she really is <laughs> No but I think that it works in the interest if they work together because it works in the party's interest not necessarily the national interest Yeah it works in the party No but look it it works in the party's in the national interest in the sense if you're working together and you're not fighting each other perhaps you're actually working to deliver on your mandate No that will never happen not with this another government their mandate to them is personal enrichment and grandizement and holding on to power so yes they can work together as anopf to make themselves richer yeah no but and hold on to listen, power <laughs> i want them i personally want yes. them to deliver on the national mandate they presented to the country on zimasset on zimasset on Uh, million jobs. on the 10 point plan on the 2.2 million jobs oh, yeah, 2.2 million yes it's all the things which they created minus 400,000 it's all the things that they've promised to the people of zimbabwe and if we were quite honest if they actually sat down and thought about actual um power retention policy correct good policy and changing simple things in some of the things we've spoken about like um, the ease of doing business yeah. right if they thought about that and thought about changing those things then we could actually be well on our way but as you said it's selfish interests that are keeping them from doing that and i think right now succession politics is something that can be put on the back burner and focus on delivering what it is that they owe to the people so this is what i hope in 2017 they do i hope it's very well, the optimistic year till elections i don't think that's going to yeah, like i said it's very optimistic but you know it's something that i hope that they will right. do um so number 4 we're now on the business half of our top 10 and number 4 is uh, Morgan Richard Sangray announcing his cancer as well as his appointment of uh, two vice presidents so yeah that was quite uh, a blow um in June this year when um Morgan Sangray announced his cancer um for me personally just because I've I've known the man uh, and you'd never wish something like that upon your own worst enemy um but then he didn't step down <laughs> yeah he didn't he believes that well you know he's getting treatment and um i i wish him all the best not even for a um, second <laughs> no but yeah but first and foremost i wish him all the best and i hope that he does overcome um his cancer but 
he didn't step down. He believes that come 2018, he'll be, he'll be healthy. The, he'll be healthy. He'll be in the best shape. I hope he is healthy, but I don't hope. I don't want him to be running <laughs> for president, no matter how healthy he is. You know, it's it's quite. I think there's so many ironies and parallels that you can draw between the MDCT and ZANU PF. Is that hey, let's you know, not get ahead of ourselves? Eh? No, 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 no. <laughs> let's be serious. First, he amends his constitution so that he stays for another term. Yes. In, in the MDC. Um, and they've called out the president for being old and fragile or, you know. And now, now, and now, and has, now their president has cancer, has a has terminal illness. <laughs> right? So it's. And then he unilaterally appoints two vice presidents. There is um, that. So he's against their party constitution or their party process. Yeah. Um, whichever it was. Yeah. So. So there are those dynamics as well to consider that I suppose the more you fight something, the more you become it. I don't know. Yeah, if you keep staring into darkness, do you think you become <laughs> darkness? <laughs> if you stare into the abyss. So yeah, does so the abyss enter you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um so yeah, no, he does this announcement we thought that there might be a lead to some some change or some renewal. Um, in the opposition, there wasn't. Um, and then he announced uh, the appointment of Honorable Tamisa and Honorable Mutsuru as as his two vice presidents, making them two extra vice presidents, making them three with um, Honorable Mike Kupe. Um, which is sad for, for Mike Kupe because he really, you know, it basically means that in opposition succession politics, one of these two is his chosen, his chosen successor. Yeah. But that's basically what he said. He said, Amaya, you've got no chance. Um, because that's the only reason that that he would have done something like that. Um, as well as preempting or trying to get rid of any factional challenges he might have by elevating them to, to vice presidents. I think that also played into it a, a lot more than snubbing Mike Kupe. In the sense that he's announced he's got cancer. Um You've got guys like you've got Chamisa who really, who really, in his mind, he's vying for it. Uh, I can't, I can't say he would not want the position of of president of the party. Maybe not 2018. Maybe yeah. beyond that. 2023. 2023. But he has to, you know, be seen be in the ranks in the and mix. So I don't think he was, you know, disappointed. I think for Tsangirai, it was about how do I manage the situation going there. Because internally, you could have a factional situation where these guys are saying, look, this guy's yeah, sick go. and dying and he should go. And so, well, are we gonna, someone's going are we to plot it. it was a masterful political move. I don't know. Are you going to admit that Shangri played proper politics for once? <laughs> <laughs> Say it. No, you have to agree. Say it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how masterful it was, but look... It was it was, it was a Mugabe-esque was, political it, move. <laughs> it was it was a necessary political move. Yeah. I think. I don't know. I think it was, you know, important. Um so yeah, we'll see how politics in the MDC plays out coming. Especially given the, the hope of a grand coalition. Yeah, as I said in 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 twenty seventeen the, the opposition, the MDCT specifically, has a lot to answer for. And it has a lot of ground to catch up. And I, right now... Do you think it's possible that a vice president of a political party will be president of a grand coalition? 
and the president remains president of his party, but a coalition is led by one of his vice presidents. I think it depends on the rules of engagement or the constitution. Well, I suppose all constitutions can be amended, but I don't think Sangirai would allow for such a thing to happen here. Yeah. Because why not just step down then? What are you going to do as president of MDC with a, say the coalition wins and your vice president, who is now that presidential candidate. But you then try and make Harvest House more powerful than State House. Then, no, but you see, now you've got issues. The same way in South Africa, Lutulias runs government house. Yeah, but do you think that with the ego that... Um, <laughs> Any possible vice president. <laughs> do, you think, yeah, do you think with the ego that um, our politicians have in this country, somebody is actually going to be taking orders from somebody else who harvest house. As you do. It's not going to happen. So I don't think that would happen. I, I really don't. But um, yeah, I just, MDC is going, it has to impress mm. come 27. Uh, it has to really pull up its pants. And <laughs> it, no, it has to. People are expecting, I mean, even if you look at what's happened with the citizens' movements this year. Yeah. MDC has just been on the back burner. No, it, it needs, um, we really need the opposition to step up in 2017. This episode was pretty long, so we've cut it into two parts. Up next, the top three political moments of 2016, the few that missed the top 10 cut, and what to look out for in 2017. You've been listening to Politics and Beyond on Capital 263. Make sure you download part two. And now, and now. Capital 263.